my wife and I had moved to London, England, and I think I think the idea was that it was being paid for by the company. It was like a, it was it was a, it was a move for work. So we had one kind of an apartment or a condo that it was like an apartment, I guess, that we that was for us just to like live in, and it was kind of basic. But then they also bought us a, a luxury apartment or condo separately, and I think this was for like for entertaining. I think we had to have clients over and stuff. So we had just moved there, you know, and I was having trouble. I was trying to figure out the name of the, the like, like what what's the name of the various neighborhoods? There's like Mayfair or Carnaby Street. Like what? Like I don't, I can't figure out. Like I can't even talk to people. Like oh, where do you live? I can't even remember the neighborhood names. So. In a series of incidents, um, I, I, I uh, was going over to the luxury apartment just to check on things, and the, and and there were people there, and and it just kept kept getting more and more extreme, and then I realized, wait a minute, is this my apartment? So, the first one was I just I was just using the toilet, and 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 strangely in in the luxury ap- apartment, and. Um, it was in a very awkward position, and this was sort of in the same complex. It was sort of, uh, you know, it was like like an apartment building. So inside you would walk, and you, you just have a door you went in. And then there was a balcony outside, and there was some workers there that were cleaning the balcony or something. And I, so there was like a big red towel, and I, I put it over myself because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to the bathroom. These people are seeing me. And... uh and then they start coming inside. I'm like, wait a minute. So I like, I, I, I somehow I got out, and I saw that they were like having a party in there. They were just sitting around and having food. So I was like, um, you know, I went up to the door and I looked in that little eye hole thing, and I saw. I'm like, I, I said, I said, Denise, what, what's going on? These people are like raiding our apartment. Look at this. But they were kind of worked for the building and stuff. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they, th- maybe they think the place is still like empty. And that's why they're they're going in there. Now, meanwhile, you know, thinking about it now, you know, like the, <laughs> I was out in the hallway looking in that little eye hole. Like it shouldn't work that way. It should work the other way around. Yes. Anyway, uh, so I was getting very concerned. You know, like why are they doing this? Why are they taking over our 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 our, our luxury apartment? You know. Um, but we thought it was a mistake. I'm like, is that even our apartment? Are we mistaken? So then, I I uh, I was taking a walk, and it was a it was like a mile or two away, in a very very posh area of London, and I'm like, let me go check on my luxury apartment. So I guess th- I guess I was mistaken. This was my luxury apartment because I remember having been been there, and we started setting things up, and we were moving in, we were decorating it, and everything else. So I go up to my place, and I look in, and I see. Like all these people are in there. Like it, it's almost like it's like a company party or something. And there's, in this case, these people are like, uh, um, like it, there's the door, and then there's sort of it's like it's sort of a split level, and down I saw like this this woman with blonde hair. They had around the kitchen table. They had set up. They had all these computers and stuff. They were like almost like they moved their business into our luxury apartment in London, and. uh so the door was open, and and it's the rest. There was like it was like a big party, a big get together. It was nighttime, right? I'm like, hey guys, how's it going? Uh, you know, like this is my apartment. Like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh man, really? 
And instantly I'm like, oh, this must be some kind of scam. Like, um, you know, like the real estate agents, they, you know, they, they find an apartment that's empty, that's on the market. And, you know, they set up these parties. So I remembered that we kind of moved in very quickly because of, uh, you know, the company bought it for us. So I'm like, that's got to be it. There must be this like underground network of realtors that, um, you know, that uh, sort of illegally like rents out these uh, these empty apartments for these company functions. Like, hey, guys, you know, this this is my apartment. I just moved in, you know, uh, recently, you know, from New Jersey, actually. And, uh, you know, I, I, I what's going on here? So they go, listen, we're so sorry. You know, it's it's like, I, I really, yeah, yeah. I, I, we don't know anything about this. We, this is just where we're having this party. I'm like, all right, well, what kind of company are you anyway? And they they were a robotics company. And they had like a robot there. And they were showing me all about the robotics and everything. And I was looking around and I'm like talking to some of the people. I'm like, you know, yeah, I could be mistaken. This might not be my apartment, actually. Sorry about that, guys. Like, wait a minute. I could have sworn this was my apartment. And I was looking around. I'm like, oh, God. I, yeah, no, no. This is not my... Wait a minute. It's so similar. It may have been, like, on the wrong street, but it was the right number. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Ugh, sorry about that, guys. So I'm like, shit. I, okay, let me go find my my luxury apartment here in London, England. So I went and I found it. I'm like, this is definitely it. Definitely. Like, I looked it up on my phone. This is 100% definitely it. But meanwhile, like, I wrote, I wrote down the name of the robot company and stuff. So at the new place, there were people in there having, it was more of like an actual party. There was like music and people were drinking. I'm like, hey, I walked in. I'm like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. This this is my apartment. <laughs> like, why are you having a party here? They're like, oh, we don't know anything about it. Like, we, 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 we this is just where we're having our party. And um, so I was talking to them. And they, they were like a PR company in London. And uh, the thing is, like, the apartment was trashed. It was like, they had actually, like, there was some sort of, like, a um, they opened up into the next apartment to, get, to have a larger party space. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not, wait, that's not even my apartment over there, is it? There, it was like it was a door, and then it was like almost like a, um, almost like one of those vertical doors that you put in front of a store. It was like a, uh, uh, that separated the two apartments. I'm like, well, how am I gonna? Oh my god, how am I gonna fix this? I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make a big deal out of this. I know. I know it wasn't your 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 your, your issue. I'm like, how did you? How did you come to be here? Who rented this to you? Because this is my apartment. Because I was looking around, I'm like, yes, absolutely, there's, you know, and it was funny, I think, was it in, maybe it was in the pre, it was in one of them that I actually did have some some little robot statues in there, that, which was kind of weird considering the robot company. The robot company and the PR company got kind of confused together. So, like, we were out standing outside afterwards, and there was one guy who was like an older guy who was like an executive and I was talking to him and then he, they were looking, oh, I saw your robots over there before. Yeah, you know, those are my, they were like robot statues, like like bronze statues of robots, a little more high end, not like action figures or something. So I was talking to the guy and I'm like, you know, you know how, long did, how long does it take to learn like the neighborhoods of London, like, you know, like Mayfair or Carnaby Street? I have no idea like where I am any time. But he was like distracted. He was talking to someone on a phone and he was like walking away. 
So when I was inside, I'm like, listen, you know, um, what what are you? Uh, ha- so how did you come to be here? And they're like, well, the coat check guys, they led us here. Like we have no idea how this was chosen as 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 the venue. They're like, yeah, you know, well, we came in on the boat up to the dock over there, right? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, and they just the coat check guys that you know they checked our coats by by the dock and they just led us here. This is where the party was. It must be their fault. I'm like, okay. So I was talking these people I was talking to, getting to know. I, was, I wrote down the name of the company, and um, and uh, I, I'm like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom, and I'm like, okay, this is definitely my bathroom because there was a. It wasn't something we had put there, but it was just there. Because, again, it was in move-in condition, I guess. We had put a few things there. Um, it was uh, a basket with, like, a lid, almost like the size of a jewelry box, that was opened. And then it was a work of art. So inside, there were all these potato chips, but it, they were, like, suspended in resin. It was like a work of art. It was, like, sort of potato chips in resin. I'm like, okay, I, I remember that when we moved in, I saw that bizarre work of art. I'm like, this, this has to be our luxury apartment, <laughs> you know. So again, this it was a very large bathroom. It was set up very weird. I was trying to go to the bathroom. And meanwhile, there was like a, it was kind of a, a bench. It was um, maybe made of wicker and there were cushions on it. And then I see the, the cushions like moving up and down. Like, what the hell is this? Is someone's hiding in here? So, like, I, I ripped it open and there was some dude in there, some guy. He's like, oh, hello, mate. I'm like, what's going on? Why are you hiding in my bathroom that people took over as a party? What, what are you, playing Playing a game of extreme hide-and-seek? Oh, yeah, mate, that's it. I'm playing extreme hide-and-seek. He, he was just sort of mocking me. and he, I don't know what the hell he was doing in there. Why are you hiding in my bathroom? When these people from this PR company or robotics company or whatever it is have taken over my apartment. So, yeah, then I woke up. <laughs> that was my dream just now. Can you believe it? That was a wild dream. It is right now 6.04 a.m. on Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. Yes. Yesterday was my birthday. And it has just been raining and raining and raining outside. We have a tropical storm, Ian. And it's weird. It's like usually a tropical storm, when it comes up to like New Jersey eventually, I mean, Sandy ex- from 2012 excluded, that was its own complete disaster. But usually it rains for like a day and that's it. But it's been raining for days and days now because of the Hurricane Ian or this tropical storm, Ian. It's been cold and rainy. It's really weird. Talk about dreamlike. This is reality, quote-unquote. Is it reality? I don't know. That's one of the big questions. Yeah, I don't know about that. As, it, as that came up, we did the exit ramp the other day on Sunday. That question came up. Are we living in a computer simulation? I'm like, well, you know, back in the, back in the 19th century, when their highest technology was clockwork, they... Describe the universe as a clockwork universe, and seems that we try to understand the universe by comparing it to our most recent technological level. So yes, while obviously the world is some sort of construct, 
I don't know if it's a computer server. You know, it's probably something more advanced than that, but that's only that's all we can understand. That was a great exit ramp. Anyway, even though I mistakenly called the 22nd century, uh, the, the start date of the 22nd century, 2201, it's actually 2101. I want to correct myself. But anyway, yeah, I woke up um, in the middle of the night at like 3.30 and uh, I tried going back to bed, but I, I just, I got up for about a half hour. It was like, um, you know, sometimes you, you, I just, I don't know what it was. I felt wide awake and I was, I felt a little overheated, but it's, but it's kind of, you know, cold, cold in the apartment because it's hurricane and stuff and uh, in the house, actually, this is a house, not an apartment. Oh my God. I'm getting all confused. So I got up and I figured, you know, I would just go on the computer for a little while till I got cold again. And then, because if you're, if you feel cold, then you can go under the covers and kind of like bundle up and warm up. That sort of helps you go to sleep, right? Is that a common thing? I don't know. Uh, but I, I had had a dream at that point as well. And it was a, not quite as grand as the uh, weird apartment dream. And I, and I do have to try to like analyze that dream because there's a lot going on there. Um, this dream, I was a truck driver, and I had a big rig. I, I I had the you know the tractor trailer, the big the big uh, trailer behind it, and I I had to go to this specific place, uh, where there was it was like a field where I parked my 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 tractor trailer, and um, then there was like a row of of like it was, it was almost like a really old kind of like motel with a row of rooms, kind of a ramshackle place. And I had all these products to um, to distribute, so I had to set up in the field, and I could just I would I would stay overnight because this was going to take like such a long time, like days or weeks to do this, like to distribute the stuff that was in my truck, right? So let's see, I wrote it down when I got up: tractor trailer, place to park it, stay in a room, and distribute goods all over. Okay, yeah, that's about yeah, that's about right. Uh, <coughs> um. So I, uh, yeah, I remember parking the truck and I remember being kind of like nervous because I'm like, I don't really, do I really know how to drive like one of these big trucks? But I somehow I parked it and then started taking everything out of the truck and sorting it out into these piles. Some stuff was like digital deliveries, some stuff like I would go like, I guess something like Amazon, they had their own delivery company. So you, you didn't have to like pay the postage. You just gave it to them and they would deliver it. Other stuff he had to like transfer to the post office. He had to email people. All this stuff. It was like this very detailed thing. This huge project to move these things all around. But again, that was pretty much the totality of the dream. And then around four a.m., I went back to bed, and and I still was having trouble falling back asleep. But I guess I did eventually because I had that London dream. So what 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 does that even mean? A series of uh, rooms or series of apartments that are sort of raided by other people. It must. It. I mean, it definitely seems like it means something. Like, uh, what you think is your own thing, sort of, other people get involved in. Or... I don't know. It means something, but I'm trying to remember if there's any more details about it because I remember it was getting really detailed in in the apartments and. There was that really confusion between the robotic company and the PR company, like two different. I'm trying to think if if I actually went to another apartment or it just sort of morphed in that one place. But I just remember like looking like there was all this like 
white stuff on the floor. I don't know if it was paint or like they had sort of ripped tape off the floor. So like the floor was all damaged. And then that other apartment space uh, that was someone else. I'm like, no, that's someone else's apartment. It's not even mine. I, I, I don't know. But thinking about it now, the, the idea that it was, it, I didn't own this place or I wasn't even renting it. It was the company that I worked for was renting it for me, especially for entertaining, right? It would almost make sense that they that same company may have been using this space. See, now now that I'm awake, I'm making more sense of it. It would, it would make sense that maybe like the previous occupant of that space, if people weren't even supposed to live there, it was just for entertaining, would have, um, but we did sort of put some of our personal stuff in there. That's what, what was weird. Would have, um, they would perhaps, it was my company that was that was behind it being used as, a, as an event space. Yeah. See, I'm trying to make sense of the dream, okay? Because I know I, during the exit ramp, um, we, uh, Martin was talking about how he works for a company in London. And I used to live in California. Now he's living in New Jersey. He was originally from New Jersey. This is in reality, by the way. This is not another dream. I know everything's getting all muddled here in the early morning. Um, so he'd be closer in time because it's, it's only five hours from Jersey, but it's uh, eight hours from California, right? Um. But yeah, it was a great exit ramp. Um, Jay Foreman showed up. <laughs> it was amazing. You know, Jay was a guy that used to be at the uh, Video Game Connections. And he's been on the show a few times. He actually was in an episode of Bublin A. Richardson where he played Gene Bossel, the ice cream bomber. Um, that's when Bublin got arrested for um, starting a fight in a plane and then peeing in the cockpit. Anyway, he 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 was there. He said usually he uh you should listen to the excerpt ramp. It was a good one. Usually he uh he's working on Sundays, but he had covid, so he was home. That's how he was able to to come on the excerpt ramp. The excerpt ramp is is now the monthly show. It was more frequent back in 2020, but a monthly show where everyone gets together on uh on a Zoom call and I record the audio and release the audio. But we can see each other during the call was wild and also eve from florida came on the exit ramp thanks so much eve uh, i know she's she's not in florida anymore but she moved up the coast a bit but um i i, I looked in the archives uh, of the show descriptions of the overnightscape and she wrote uh, several uh listener emails and listener comments and her name was eve from florida so that's what i'm going to call her <laughs> thank you eve for showing up yeah she she used to live right in fort myers she said which got a direct hit from Hurricane Ian. And she has so many friends and family there, so she was talking about that. Yeah. And thanks to everyone else that, that came on as well. Yeah, that the exit ramp, just like, it's 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 usually over four hours, and it takes a lot out of me. I was like, that was on Sunday, so like almost, I, I basically, uh, almost like, 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 like a few hours after the show, it was like eight o'clock, and I just like zonked out, and I just fell asleep for, until like one thirty a.m. I was also drinking a lot of cachaça, so that that also was there. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, Sunday it was raining a little bit, but man, yesterday, my that was my birthday actually, October 3rd, 2022. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> it, it, it was just raining all day. And it, like later in the day yesterday, it was just heavy rain and it's still going now. Uh, bands and bands from the tropical storm. Wild stuff. But yeah, it was my birthday. Kind of, I, I, I turned 55 yesterday. <laughs> kind of a big one, because all you hear about oh these this housing development is for fifty five and older, and and all the time oh my god that must be really old if you're fifty five, <laughs> no what the hell, but if you were any younger in twenty twenty two, you would have missed out on key years in the twentieth century. So it's it's completely necessary to for me to be fifty five in twenty twenty two. Or else I would have missed out. I I already missed out on good pop culture stuff in the 50s and 60s. I mean, I was born in 67, but I barely remember the 60s. And there is a recording of me talking in the 60s. As you know, uh, November 1969, my father was interviewing me on the tape recorder. So I'm in the 60s, man. Yeah. Talking about Sesame Street, which had just premiered a few months earlier. But yeah, October 2nd, which was Sunday, um was kind of a momentous day for a couple reasons. So it was uh, 45 years ago uh, on Sunday that I got my first tape recorder on my 10th birthday. Now, we were my, my sister's birthday is October 1st. Mine's October 3rd. So we were celebrating it on October 2nd, 1977. And uh, I got a tape recorder. One of those, probably real a realistic... I think it may have been realistic brand, you know, from Radio Shack. If not, it may have been, I forget exactly what it was, but it, was, it had that row of keys on the bottom. It was a big rectangle. You press eject, and the door swings up. You put the tape in. You, you put the door back down, and there's a key to play. And then if you want to record, you have to hit play and record together, if you remember that thing. And then just rewind, fast forward, stop, eject, right? I would actually like to... I really wonder what exact model it was, but I don't. I can kind of remember it. It was 45 years ago, though, so it was actually 45 years to the day. And if you go in the archive, you can hear a piece called "Birthday 1977," where I'm talking about it on the day. And of course, I had to watch the Treasure of Matacumbe on Walt Disney. <laughs> it must have been a Sunday because the, 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 the Walt Disney Presents was on at like seven o'clock or eight o'clock on I think ABC. The Treasure of Matacumbe. And I did check, and yes, it was it, that 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 did air on that day, of course. Marekumbe, Marekumbe. Also, that same date, it was the fortieth anniversary, October second. Again, two days ago, it was October second, twenty twenty-two. Forty-year anniversary of the opening of Epcot Center. Forty years ago. I remember really leading up to the opening of Epcot, I was so um, excited. I knew all about it. We had been to Disney World a number of times. I think even had the Epcot book, which I think is right there. Yes, I see it right there on my bookshelf, it, which came out like a year before talking about Epcot. And um, we went the following summer. And I've told this story many times, but we, I was there with my mother my brother and my sister, I guess my father couldn't come because of his business, but 
We arrived at the Contemporary Resort Hotel. We were staying in the tower, I believe. And as soon as we arrived, I'm like, Mom, give me money. I'm going to Epcot right now. She's like, no, no, we're, we're going. But, you know, we, we have to find, get the room and get something. I'm like, no, I'm going now. Literally now. Give me money. So she gave me money. And I just ran over to the monorail at, uh, at Contemporary. Took it to the Ticket and Transportation Center. Just by myself. I'm like, I, I cannot wait. This is it. I'm going. I, I don't know what it was. How old was I? I was like, uh, yeah, I was like 14. Yeah. It was like five years later. But I, yeah, it was obviously the summer. So I was 14. I would have turned 15 in, in that October. I did turn 15 that October. Would have. I did. Anyway, um, switched over to the Epcot monorail. I remember just going there. The monorail circles through the future world. And that was you know, you get off the monorail and then you hear that music, right? And I had bought a ticket and it went through the, and oh my God, I went through all the rides by myself that one day. I don't even know if like, my mother was worried about me or anything. I, I couldn't wait to go to Epcot. I was so, like, so enthusiastic and just so obsessed with going. It was one of the best days of my life to going to Epcot. So just to think it was 40 years ago. And Epcot was a, uh, if you don't know what it was, a theme park. You know, at Walt Disney World in or near Orlando, Florida. And uh, it was, uh, you know, kind of based on, on the world's fairs. Half of it was Future World. The other half was World Showcase. But its uh, existence, its creation was unique in a number of ways. It was a, um, it itself was a compromised and diminished uh, form of Walt Disney himself, his final vision, which was to create Epcot, the experimental prototype city of tomorrow, there in Florida. He was going to create an entire city where like 50,000 people lived or 20,000 people lived or something with all the latest and greatest technologies before anyone else had it. He always had big new ideas that no one else ever did before. And I know today when you hear the word Walt Disney, it's this big, evil, crappy company. I understand that. But the man himself was a visionary and a genius, but a troubled individual in a number of ways. But anyway, um, he died rather unexpectedly in 1966 in the middle of planning Epcot. And and the uh, inept people that sort of took over, including his son-in-law, who was like a high school football player, like an idiot. He, he like became the head of the company or something. Uh, they did not have the, the will or the vision to actually create the original Epcot, though the plans were so detailed and they were so far along in the process. They built Walt Disney World, which opened around 72, I think. And then uh, they somehow decided to create Epcot as sort of a theme park, embodying the spirit of what would have been Epcot. And this was, uh, it was being developed through the 1970s, opened in 82, which was was a very unique time in futurism. Um, Very advanced... Uh, ride systems they developed, 
the audio animatronics, but also the sensibilities. It was still kind of that corny 1950s view of the future, right? That is would very quickly be replaced by sort of a snarky, cynical view of the future. Um, so in a number of ways, that Epcot could only have happened once, and it was what a remarkable place. And there's that... There's a guy on Facebook who's uh, creating a, a, a virtual recreation of Epcot as it was when it first opened. I think it's called Futureport 82. It's like, and, and it's really amazing. It's a really amazing uh, simulation. It's like a 3D world you can go into. Uh, you have to download it, and then you run it on your computer, and you can go through all of Epcot as it was. Only Future World, though. He didn't do World Showcase. <clears throat> Let me see if we can look that guy up. See, see if he's... Uh... He had, I, I, I re-downloaded it. I thought it was updated, but it wasn't. It's like a, a over a gigabyte download. Yeah, future port 82. Whoa, it looks like he did. He did release. He released a new version. Holy crap, I got to go download it right now. Wow, Google Drive hit its capacity. I didn't realize this. This is so exciting, yeah, because he's been working on it for like over a, like a year and a half since that original release. Wow. Okay, okay, I'm going to be going to Epcot soon. <laughs> I guess he must have done it for the 40th anniversary. Wow. Wow, okay. Holy crap. I've been waiting for this moment. I really have. Wow. Anyway, before that, yeah, yesterday was just kind of a dark and cold and rainy day. I was working from home. But, uh, you know, so we did, um, on Saturday, I got together with my in-laws and uh, my mother-in-law, Carol. It was her birthday as well, I think, a few days earlier. So we celebrated my, her birthday and my birthday there. But the day of my birthday, not, nothing much was really going on. So later on, um, my wife came home. And again, it was we decided to go outside even though it was freezing on the porch and uh, <coughs> listening to some King Sunny Day, of course, who I discovered from that movie, O.C. and Stiggs, which uh, that movie really hit home for me, you know, <clears throat> this sort of uh, teen 80s comedy, but done by um, uh, Robert Altman, created by Robert Altman. So, so uh, <laughs> the very bizarre movie that from 1987 that, Almost no one's heard of or seen, but I mean, and it's a tough, it's a difficult movie in some ways, but basically my life around that same time period, like me and Mad Mike in college were living this, our life was almost like we were living inside a crazy 80s teen movie. And O.C. and Stiggs that I never even heard of back then had so many similar aspects. It was um, really quite strange, you know. And I understand the traditional explanation is that both myself and Mad Mike, though perhaps Mad Mike Moore, was super influenced by the movies of the you know the young the young you know the teenagers in the movies and how they lived these outrageous lifestyles and had adventures. So he wanted to embody that in real life, and I was a, a you know sort of a, a good sidekick in that in that regard. I, I I think I was sidekicked in that in that situation. Um. <coughs> But it also sort of feels weirdly like it was a little more than that. Almost like 
if the world is some sort of computer simulation and I plugged myself into it, I wanted to live like as, as a character in an 80s movie. But anyway, let's not worry about that right now. Let's not worry about how real reality is, okay? It's a bit real, I suppose. But anyway, somewhat real. Um, one of the characters, O.C. or Stiggs, was a huge fan of King Sonny a Day. And it's very like psychedel- it's a very psychedelic African music. So I was listening to that, and I and I finished up my bottle of uh, Rabbit Hole Rye. So it was uh, King Sunny a Day and Rabbit Hole Rye for my birthday. It was a good, and I think that's what sort of led into these weird dreams because I think I had a bit too much rye. And um, another thing, because I I was uh, working on archiving all weekend, you know. Um, here on the Ansug, every month I archive. And so, you know, we work on a WordPress blog, and me and other the other hosts, we upload our shows, we create show art, and write the descriptions. Archiving is taking all that information and putting it in a platform that I can upload in one fell swoop to, uh, to the Internet Archive and also preserve locally. Because as we know, just uploading something to an Internet service on a blog... Those files are very are very much in danger of like being lost, so that's why I archive every month. And <clears throat> I calculated it out. We exceeded the thirteen thousand hour mark in September twenty twenty two. We have now over thirteen thousand hours of material on the Onsug. Isn't that amazing? Because when I when I released the book last summer. It was, no, it was like, yeah, it was about a year ago I released the book, right? I'm like over 11,000 hours, and now we have over 13,000 hours. I think it was like 11,700 back then, but still, 13,000 hours, which is about a year and a half of, of audio. So that was a big thing. <clears throat> um, so we're at the th- we're past the 13,000 hour mark, and it's not just quantity over quality. This is great stuff. Come on. It's amazing. Also, yesterday, so much stuff happening, um, was the end of Overwatch 1, right? Which wasn't really called Overwatch 1, it was just called Overwatch. A video game, a computer game basically, but I think it's on the consoles as well, that um, I've been playing for years. You know, it's sort of a first-person shooter where you're on a team with six six characters versus six characters, and you um, you're on these maps, and... I've never gotten really very good at it, but I do enjoy it. I, I, I like playing a Junkrat and uh, and Lucio are my two big mains, and then I guess uh, Diva as well as a tank. Um, <clears throat> you know, and just playing very casually. It can be very fun. And I played my last few games. I had a few really good ones as Junkrat, really great victories and then some losses. But I uh, I made sure to be playing as it shut down noon yesterday. Um and and it just like lost connection to server and it was the end of Overwatch 1 but it's going to be continued in Overwatch 2 then this is weird because a game like Hearthstone by the same company Blizzard keeps it getting expanded and improved but they don't make it like Hearthstone 2 and Hearthstone 3 they just keep updating Hearthstone right Though there's been so many changes, you could call it Hearthstone 15 at this point. But they just keep calling it Hearthstone. So when it comes to Overwatch 2, I don't really know. I think there was a lot of... I mean, I, there's been so much chaos in that company, uh, Blizzard, 
all sorts of scandals and problems and issues of all sorts. Why didn't they just keep improving Overwatch? Why did they have to make an Overwatch 2? I don't know. But it's it's starting today at like 3 o'clock. Um, <clears throat> the new Overwatch 2. But it's a bit different. It Basically, instead of 6 on 6, the, the matches are 5 on 5. And the character models have been updated and... Uh, the economics have been updated. There's 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 a mastery pass now. Um, loot boxes are gone. You know, loot boxes have were pretty controversial, right? The game, but the game was always you bu- you had to buy the game, and you always have access to all the characters. You, you you don't have any advantage over anyone else. Everything you're getting is cosmetic, skins, which is the costumes the characters are wearing, voice lines. Sprays so you can spray paint on the wall, you know, uh, ex- you know, victory poses, and so many different cosmetics. Um, and you got them in loot boxes, right? That you could earn by playing the game or grinding, as they say, or you could buy them outright. And each one is random, and then some some of them contain randomly contain like money. So you slowly build up money that you can then, you know, game money that you can then buy the thing you actually want. And loot boxes have been very controversial. It's considered gambling. It's been made illegal in some countries. So now it's all about the mastery pass, which is the newest thing where as you play or grind (laughs) the game, you slowly build up um, experience points depending on what you do. Like for every game you win, you get like 35 experience points, whatever it is. And then you have quests like play 15 15 games as Soldier 76 or something like that. And then you'll get extra uh, points. And then there's this track as you gain experience points. And a lot of games have this now, the Mastery Pass. So there's a free portion of the Mastery Pass and then there's the paid portion of the Mastery Pass. (laughs) This is all getting very, very confusing. Um... So, yeah, so you could just, you like like with Hearthstone, I, I, bought, I bought the Mastery Pass a few times, and I'm, I don't think the, res, the rewards were that great, so I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to. It's all kind of cosmetic, you know, um, different coins and different things. Um, but I'm going to get the Mastery Pass for, for the new Overwatch 2, just to see how it goes. Um, so you, and then, of course... Some of the characters are locked in the Mastery Pass um, in the new Overwatch 2, which is kind of controversial. You can buy them outright, or you have to play for like a few weeks before you get the new character. In this case, is Kiriko, the, the ghost fox girl. But it is a very good game. And it's, I, you know, again, I've, I never got competitive. And uh, I, just, I just, I usually play Mystery Heroes, or I, w- I was just playing Quick Play and, you know. Trying to be Lucio or uh, or Junkrat or Diva if I have to be, you know. But Mystery Heroes is good because it kind of forces you to play all the characters, you know. Yeah, so a lot of stuff been going on. And uh, I've 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 also back to working on Flea Devil Solitaire, and uh, this is a solitaire card game that you use a standard deck of cards for that I've been working on for over 15 years now, as documented on the Overnightscape here. And I thought the game was done. 
but I added a new move called walkie talkie and I think I may have cracked the code. I think I may have found the answer. So this is a game where you hold the deck in your hands the whole time. I'm not going to get heavily into it, but your goal is to uh, remove pairs of cards and there's different rules that allow you to move the cards around. Walkie talkie involves uh, runs of three, like four, five, six, or queen, king, ace, or ace, two, three, but you, you, you can't go king, ace, two. You can't do that. You can never do that. Maybe I should allow... Wait, why can't you ever do that? Maybe I should allow it. No, it doesn't feel right. I'll allow it. No. Anyway, a run of three in either direction. It could be, you know, two, three, four, or four, three, two. Four, three, two. Uh, the middle card, almost you, you raise it up, almost becomes like an antenna. And uh, you can reach out and uh, teleport in it, one of the matches, right? So if it's if it's a uh, if it's ace two three, you can tell you, you you know you you raise up the two, and now you can teleport in one of the twos. Now the original rule was that you could draw in any of the pairs. There could be three others if you hadn't removed one of the other pairs, or there may only be one other. But I found it was too powerful. It made the game too easy to win. At first, I was only charging $2 for the... Because there's in-game currency in this game as well, believe it or not. $2 for the teleport, and I raised it to $3, which kind of makes sense because there's three cards involved, and that felt right. But then it still felt too powerful, so um, I uh, I updated it recently to you have to... You can only teleport in the closest match to your card. And if there's a tie, and I, I did have a tie the other day. It was like a queen, and there were two queens that were like 11 spaces away. I had to choose which one. So I think it being the closest one actually makes it less powerful and helps overall balance of the game. Um, then we have the Zonkers, of course, which, you know, have a difficult, added difficulty level to the game because they... Zonkers just sort of get in the way and they don't really do anything, but they make the game harder to win. I've been playing with two Zonkers and the, the walkie-talkie rule. And uh, my, my concern is if the game gets too easy to win. Um, I want to find the right balance. There is also another option, which is to make the Zonkers cost an extra dollar to swap with, which that's a bridge we'll cross when we get to it, but... Anyway, Flea Devil is uh, is uh, coming along, and uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I think I'm just going to like start to like release it as a free game or something, you know? Just point people to the, to the onsug.com and uh, to come see the rules or something. I don't know, but I do, I do, do, do want to uh, get it out there because I feel it's very important. Well, it's a great game. There's no other game like it. I mean, it, it, it's in a class by itself. I was playing it on the airplane when, when we flew down to Atlanta. I was playing Flea Devil on the airplane. Cramped quarters, you know. All these flight attendants coming up and down the aisles with those big carts. And, you know, you're all jammed in. I can still play Flea Devil. With a deck of cards. You know, it, it's like amazing. It's, it's like an analog game. It's not electronic. It's an amazing innovation in solitaire, and I invented it, and I can prove it because I've listened to the show over the past 15 years, starting with Shuffling Jamboree and all that. I'm telling you, this is, is going to be big. It's going to be big, okay?
This almost does sound like Epcot music, but it's not. This is uh, Pysol, P-Y-S-O-L, an incredible uh, you know, open source uh, solitaire game. But there's one mode that I just absolutely love. It's called Shisen's. Sorry, it's hard to say. Shisen Show. Um, and this will remind you of the Mahjong Solitaire that was once called Shanghai. But it's different than that. The Mahjong tiles are laid out in a grid. In this case, I'm using the no-gravity 24 by 12 version. And I'm trying to see what tile set I'm using, just so, just so you can... If you wanted to... Uh, let's see. I'm using... Hmm. Does it say which ones? Mahjong, uh, ivory Mahjong. Not Ivory Mahjong Small, but Ivory Mahjong Tiles. This is all free, by the way. I think I don't know if it's on the Mac. It's on the PC, of course. And um, it lays out this grid of 24 by 12 tiles. <laughs> the music can be a bit overwhelming, but... Um, and then you've probably seen this game in one form or another. It's just this solid grid and you have to match tiles to remove them and it's a very and with this scale and this scope it can be this long epic game and i i, I sometimes when like when i'm on the phone with someone i'll just play shisen show it's a it's a game you don't really have to think about too much but you're constantly scanning to find matches and the matches can only have um you, have, you from the tile you want to match you can go in a straight line change direction once and twice, but that's it. You can only change direction twice in order to make another match, so I'm kind of struggling here. I have uh, 150 removed and 138 remaining, so see if we, let's see if I can find any matches here. But yeah, this is an... I find this an incredible game that you can play right now for free. And it's on the phones and stuff, too. I don't know how easy it is to play on the phones. Pysol. Short for Python Solitaire, uh, so Pysol Fan Club Edition, because the original development of, of Pysol um, abandoned the project, and then it was taken over as an open, you know, a, a, a team took it over as an open source project. Oh, here we go. The Seven of Rods I can do, okay. Or <laughs> whatever it's called. Yeah. It does sound like Epcot music, though. So anyway, I'll I'll pause this one. And I'll have to turn that sound off, too. And now let's check out the uh, the Epcot game, which I did download. And uh, it's, it's, it's a brand new Futureport 82. And it's it adds a lot and takes away a lot. So the original version from a couple years ago, uh, you could actually go into all of the ride buildings and actually go on the rides in the form of a video. They had videos of all the rides. This one is a much more advanced engine, but you can't go into any of the ride buildings. The only Communicore is completely open, and Earth Station is also open. Oh, listen to that. From Horizons. Have you ever looked beyond today? into the future picturing a world 
we've yet to see. All right, let's enter. Let's enter the simulation here. And it's cool because you can select the weather. So I liked. I what did I make it like 2 a.m. and raining? And you enter like that. It is wild. So it's beautiful. I had to update my NVIDIA driver just to get it to work. It's beautiful, but it's lacking a number of the features of, of that first version. So both versions are really kind of necessary. What's going on here? Something wrong with the sky. No, we're okay, we're good. Wow, it is so beautiful. I think it's Unreal Engine 5. The other one was 4. It is so beautiful walking around Epcot. I'm at the entrance plaza here. Hopefully we'll hear some of the music as we walk, walk up to the plaza. Oh yeah, this is this is one of those the entrance medley songs that was so similar to the to an Alan Parsons project song. Remember that whole thing? I don't know if you can hear it. It's like raining in the middle of the night, and there's Spaceship Earth. The lighting is incredible. There's lightning in the distance. And again, if you want this, it's uh, just look up Futureport eighty two on uh, on Facebook or wherever. It's a, it's a one-man project, and it is just beautiful. It's incredible. So, yeah, the rides are, are closed in this version, which is unfortunate because, I mean, the other version was so... There was so much more going on, but this looks better. So we can go into Earth Station here. I'm sure this version will be much improved. I know he was trying to get it out, but I, apparently it was October 1st, 1982, not a, October 2nd that Epcot opened. I know all of you Epcot scholars were, like, yelling at me for my... I should know better. But here's uh, Earth Station, and they even have the videos they played, like the animation they played in Earth Station, which is where you went when you exited the Spaceship Earth ride. And the World Key Information System, I remember using this. As I was here in uh, in, in the real world, <laughs> yes. I, 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 listen, I can say real world without saying quote-unquote real world. No, it's just real, for God's sakes. Whether or not it's you know, a way we think of reality. This is such a so cool. So let's go into let's go to into uh, the Communicore here, as it was. And Communicore is really built out. So in, a, in in a way, you could just say this is like its main feature is a really well built um, Communicore setup. Computer Central. I don't know if you can ride on Computer Central. I remember going there when it was the Astuter Computer Review. And that's why I'm a router for me computer. Everybody needs a friend. Hmm. Wow, it's actually built in 3D. Wow. That is very cool. And I was able to I was able to like to sort of like enter this weird this weird mode where I I walked towards uh, the World Showcase, and I and I wound up falling through the floor. And then I was able to go. I I, I was under the floor of uh, imagination and 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 the land, and I was able to go inside. Otherwise, they're they're not open yet. But just being able to walk through Communicore like this to such a level of detail is incredible. Oh, there, there's the roller coaster builder with that, the beaver, the animated beaver. I wonder, I wonder if they're going to show the video. I remember doing this. He, he spoke with a whistle. Well, hello there, designer roller coaster. 
And you can ride on the roller coaster. Oh, there's Smart One! Oh, wow, this is so cool. Listen, there's, there's, this world has two kinds of people. The people that, that went to Communicore and the people that didn't. I know most people didn't go to Communicore, but there's a lot of us out there that went to Communicore. Look at this, the energy exchange. Yeah. They have that, that exercise bike. I can't believe this This is so... I mean, it's, it's completely built in 3D. Yeah, there's the exercise bike. I remember being on that bike in the real world. Oh, man, this is beautiful. Listen, if you're looking for a Communicore simulator, circa 82, you've come to the right place. There's the beverage base. And then also built out is Centorium. Yes, the gift shop Centorium. Being in Epcot at night, it's raining, you're at Centorium. Gifts of Future World. I remember this gift shop. <laughs> oh man, it has multiple levels. Look at this, I'm in, I, I, I'm in freaking the Centorium. Oh my god. It just looks beautiful. Now, isn't it amazing that one hobbyist, who's probably around my age and probably had the similar experiences of going to Epcot or in the early days, I know, as I mentioned earlier, I know Disney, Disney World, Walt Disney Productions. These days, it just evokes anger, frustration. But you have to understand, back when I went to Epcot in 1983, there was nothing like it in the world. And it was just a remarkable, an absolutely remarkable achievement. And again, as I pointed out earlier, the confluence of um, oh the America theme of circumstances and forces that made Epcot what it was was completely unique and yes you could go to Epcot today and you know I don't know that you would understand or see the value of it that I saw Communicore is gone everything is gone it, it's really very very diminished from what it was And they have that section with uh, the Age of Information. This is uh, considered a real future com by <laughs> by the Bell System. See, this was before eighteen. The uh, all the Bell systems were merged or whatever. And there's this one and a really well done uh, implementation of that kinetic art. The Age of Information. Check this out. The song should be playing in a moment. Maybe I didn't go over the right trigger. I remember being here in this place. Come on, play. The age of information. Come on. Yeah, all the all the like little video game to touch screen terminals. I think you just had to wait for a minute here. But he's built this out in 3D. What is it called? It has a certain name. It's not working. See, when you try to give it... 
try to give a demo. Anyway, it's amazing. All right, let's get out of here. I'll, I'm going to find the song on YouTube. But again, it's sort of that um, what you might call like a corny 1950s style the future and the use of information in the future. That kind of weird formality which may seem which does seem kind of um corny into today's sensibilities um is actually quite um th there's a power to it and it's incredible love it all the more for its or its formality and its ideals that are embodied in it its intellectual ideals that I really respected back then let's see communicore Age of Information. Yeah. The Age of Information. Here it is. Now Mom and Dad and Junior can own A newfangled smart telephone Chorus singing. Hold on. This part, this part, yeah. This part. So that, that style of songwriting, which has kind of gone out of fashion, obviously, with a lot of melody and formality to it, it sounds old and corny, but if you think about it, it, it had a deeper um, musical structure than a lot of today's music, and was very powerful and very sort of addictive to hear over and over again. And um, so... This early Epcot really embodied a lot of the aesthetic values. Oh my god, look at the rain out there. It's just crazy. It's pouring out there. Um, the right, the aesthetics of mid-century aesthetics, I would say. You know, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, which I reacted to and responded to in a, in a way that it was absolutely 
um, incredible because you could tell that care and talent, creativity were behind everything in Epcot. And um, it really was a case where the corporation was sort of allowing the Imagineers, let's say, those putting it all together, sort of a free hand and free reign. Since then, right, a lot of the rides have been gutted and replaced with, you know, cartoon characters. So, like, the uh, the Norway ride, which was about the history of Norway, is now based on the, the movie Frozen. Even the Mexico ride, which was one of my favorites, was retooled to include uh, the three caballeros, uh, Donald Duck and his two pals, Jose Carioca and um, Panchito, the rooster. Because uh, they wanted it to be more relatable to their cartoons, but in the original Epcot was this pure vision of futurism, just like at a World's Fair, just a celebration of the potential of the future. And 82 was around the time that the future ran out, right? I think Bla- the movie Blade Runner in 82 was a, was a, um, was not the cause of it, but I think it was a very strong vision of a dystopia, right? That future Los Angeles where it was dark and rainy all the time and Right, and I think that our view of the future shifted right around the time Epcot opened. So it had this really bright future that sort of quickly, sort of became looked old-fashioned and corny in a way, um, which I think is kind of a shame, you know, because when our view of the future was more positive, obviously we were, it made you happier uh, <laughs> to think that that the, the future was going to be good. And when you think the future is going to be shitty, it doesn't. It makes you less happier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The age of information. And your voice is traveling, and your words are moving, and the wires are humming a song. And the world is changing, and the country's changing. So won't you come along on this wondrous journey to the information Age of information. In other musical news, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, a band that I've been sort of really into and then kind of lost interest in and have been back and f- back and forth with uh, over the years. This month, October 2022, they're releasing three albums. They like doing stunts like that. And um, the first of the three is called Ice, Death, Planets, Lungs, Mushrooms, and Lava. I think it's... That's one of the best album titles ever. In fact, I I, I ordered the vinyl, the the, the the vinyl record of it just because the cover is so great. Uh, again, it, the album's title is Ice, Death, Planets, Lungs, Mushrooms, and Lava. And uh, while one song, uh, Ice Ice V or Ice Five, was already released, here's a song just came out 45 minutes ago, called Iron Lung from this album. I have not heard this yet. Let's take a listen to the new song. 
King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. It's like one of those AI-generated videos. AI imagery. Sounds pretty good. Starting to get kind of tired of this AI, the AI imagery already. I think everyone's getting tired of it, but it's kind of cool. Look, it's cool looking. Pretty, pretty groovy, huh? Fast forward. This song is nine minutes long. Cool. Three three fifty. Dig it. I think I might get back into King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard now. What do you think, Mr. Vegas? Mr. Vegas the cat. Sounds really good. They are a really good band. It's just that they just kind of like went in so many different directions. It's it's sort of maddening to try to follow them as a band. And their song about a, a, an android vomiting over the entire universe didn't help. Nice. Hey. So yeah, uh, I shuffled the deck to play some some more playtesting of. Uh, devil and it looks like I got an actual rain date which is very rare it is a uh, a shuffle where you cannot do anything right the light drizzle is one where there's nothing but you can um, flea hop into something but the rain date is a complete pure shuffle that you can do nothing with and it is rare and it is and I think it is considered a win to get a rain date because it's yeah, I'm I'm I'm, do, I'm double checking it here, because you do need to have pairs of cards like an eight eight or a king king, to get going to build up your bankroll to start moving things around. And almost always you can do something in the beginning. There's natural pairs, or you can flea hop into a pair. But here I'm not seeing anything unless there's some elusive double hops because there are some. There is the the double hop which does happen fairly frequently. But uh, yeah, it's not so. The double hop could bring two together that are two together. No, I don't see any double hops here. This is wow. This is like wow. This is uh, this is a classic rain date. Yeah, I'm gonna go through one more time. Yeah, that is wild. It happens, you know. I consider it good luck to get a rain date. But again, you have to search for the double hops. There's no, there's no triple hop. Only double. Kitty, stop typing. Uh, yeah, there's there's only a double hop. There is no triple hop possible. Wait, wait, wait. Ah, oh, there's two queens that the flea hop is blocked, though. Yeah, can't do it. Can I? No, I can't clear it out either. This is wild. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. Because, you know, when you shuffle a deck of cards, even if it's just 52, I have 54 in here because I have the two zonkers, but, um, Oh wait! How, no, I can't. I, I can't do a walkie-talkie. I need three bucks for that. Yeah, in-game dollars though. Um, 
you know, when you shuffle a deck of cards, the idea is that um, the chance of anyone ever having shuffled the cards in that order before in history is almost zero. And that's one of those... There's all, there's all YouTube videos and theories about that. Um, yeah, the 10-10 the is so... Yeah, it's, that's another one that's blocked. It's a rain date, baby. <laughs> I, I consider that a good sign, a, a, a positive sign, yes. It's later on now. I'm out here on the porch having a cigar. La Gloria Cubana, Serie R. I remember when this brand came out in the 90s. I, I had a tobacconist in Princeton at this place called Little Taste of Cuba. And we were talking about the new, the new La Gloria Cubana brand. Now, of course, Cuban cigars have been illegal in the U.S. for many, many years now. And still are, in fact. But it's uh, Cuban seed grown in somewhere else like the Dominican Republic or Nicaragua or something. And this is really, I had a hard time getting this going. It's very uneven. Let me pause and try to fix this. You know, it's very cool when I was living down in uh, Plainsboro, New Jersey for one year. I would go over to, uh, this, was, this was like 90, 95, 96 era. And uh, I, I would go to Princeton and go to this place and just... A lot of times it was me and the guy that ran the store and we would just hang out for like an hour talking about cigars and stuff. He was a great tobacconist. I don't have a tobacconist anymore. I would love to, but it's just not in the cards, you know. This is pretty good. You know, I got this in a pack of... Just a, a, a pack, you know, sort of a sampler selection. It's a good one, though. It's a quality cigar. <clears throat> so anyway, um, also today, so much stuff happening in the, in the beginning of October. It feels like a, a new era is starting in so many ways. Um, they had a, a, a weekly broadcast about Magic the Gathering, a game that I'm involved with online. I play the arena version. One of, this is one of the most bizarre, maddening like world game worlds ever where there's so many different ways to play and there's this aftermarket where cards can cost huge amounts of money there's a reserve list and they release so much stuff uh, cross promotions they, they just announced cards that have the Transformers cartoon characters on them um, <clears throat> endless endless stuff and there, there's this unset uh, coming out this weekend along with the I guess a very, they're both delayed like the uh Warhammer 40,000, which is uh, based on that, you know, the uh, that tabletop, you know, like Games Workshop. Mem- remember that whole thing where there, you, you would have these little painted miniatures and there's a fantasy world and then there's a science fiction world, Warhammer 40,000. So they made a whole set of uh, commander cards for Magic the Gathering. And you can buy these commander decks, but apparently they're very rare. They're, they're, they're like, there's been these production errors, all these problems. But knowing about magic is like a whole world of information. Um, so this is like Magic in Space Weekend. Because Unfinity, which is kind of a humorous set, and then Warhammer 40,000, all sort of smashing together in one, uh, one, one moment this weekend. But um, they're starting off their 30th anniversary celebrations. I mean, the 30th anniversary apparently is in August 2023, because Magic the Gathering came out in 1993, right? But they're starting to announce all sorts of stuff for the 30th anniversary, including one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, the Magic 30th set, which um, 
so th- some background to this, you know, in the early days of Magic, they printed these cards that were super powerful, like Black Lotus and the Moxon and everything else that were later considered to be w- really too crazy of a, of a card, and they never printed them again. So those cards have become super valuable to get one. And then I know what you're saying. Well, it's a, it's a card. It's a piece of cardboard. Why don't they just print more of them? Well, they created this thing called the reserve list where they vowed never to reprint these cards again in any form, right? So people would have value on the secondary market that the company that makes it, Wizards of the Coast, owned by Hasbro, is not allowed to really acknowledge the secondary market. They could be sued. It's a whole... Listen, there's so much stuff going on. But, like, when one of these new Magic sets comes out, you think, okay, it comes in these random packs of 15 cards or some... There's many different versions of the packs, of course. There's collector's packs, booster packs, set boosters, set draft boost, whatever. Listen, I play the computer game version, and it's expensive and confusing enough. Most people play Commander, which is a format that was developed by fans as EDH, or Elder Dragon Highlander. I've never played that in person, but I play the arena equivalent, which is which is Brawl. I play Historic Brawl, basically. Which is a 100-card format. Singleton, and... Uh, listen, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. That's kind of the point of this. It's so confusing. But anyway, cards like the Power 9, which is Black Lotus, uh, the 5 Mox, Moxin, as they call them, Mox Jet, Mox Pearl, etc., Ancestral Recall, Time Walk, etc., they actually are bringing that into Arena ve- via an Alchemy card. Alchemy is a controversial digital-only s- uh, uh, ad- addition to to, uh, Al- to Arena. There's an Alchemy card called, uh, I think, like um, Prophet of the Alpha or something, where you can it generates the Power 9 and puts it into your deck. But anyway, what they just announced today was... They're going to be essentially reprinting the uh, limited edition beta, which has all those super, super valuable cards in it, but in a form with a different back. It's not tournament legal, um, but it's going to be like opening the original packs of Magic from like 93 or 94. So each 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 set comes uh, with four little foil packs of 15 random cards each. So you get six, 60 cards uh 60 cards in this set, which does seem to be violating at some level their reserve list uh, proclamation. Again, if this all sounds bizarre, conf- it is the most confusing, bizarre, but actually amazing thing, this game. This game is... N- who, n- who knew? I bought a few packs back then. Who knew? I, I had these cards that today would be worth thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, and I gave them away. I think the Mad Mike, then he gave them away to someone else. But there were all a ton of games like that coming out at the time. No one knew this game would become so popular. It's just getting more and more popular. So at this point, they're releasing somewhere in the range of 2,000 different new cards every year. Anyway, the, the kicker to this whole thing is the, the, uh, the Magic the Gathering 30th set. You get four packs of 15 cards each that are random. So you might not even get any good cards. How much do you think this is going to cost? $1,000 or $999.99. $1,000 for 60 little pieces of cardboard. What the hell? That's not even tournament legal. You can't even play them in tournaments. What the hell? And you know they're going to sell them. You know people are going to buy them. And, you know, they, they, they're printing a certain amount. They know how much they're going to sell. 
Wow. The most you would never hear it. this is, would never exist in any other game. It is bizarre. But anyway, I, I do love the I, I mean I I pretty much exclusively play historic brawl now, which I love. Every game is different. Every game is exciting. The decks are also different. It is an absolutely amazing game. It's just uh so hard to keep up with and understand. Anyway, in other news, of course I, I mentioned the exit ramp that I did. It's actually it was been freezing all weekend. What is the temperature now? Let's see. I'm trying to see if I can find the temperature on my phone. Uh, 51 degrees, but it feels colder than that out, out here. Um, yeah, so during the exit ramp, I mentioned to, uh, to Jay Foreman, as I mentioned earlier, I mentioned to him that he's going to be in this uh, classic Tronic of the movie, one of the videos I'm going to be putting out in the new season of Tapeland Video. Yes, I'm sort of thinking of it as a season. Um, earlier this year, I did a ton of Tapeland releases, all of my classic videos, uh, so many classic videos, but there's so many more to come. I took a break over the summer. It wasn't really intentional. I just I felt like I had to take a break from it because it's so intense a process. Um, so the, w- the one I'm working on now, the first release of the new season of Tapeland Video is going to be The Complete Polarized Worlds, which is the behind-the-scenes uh, footage from me, us filming our Doctor Who fan film in 1985. And to me, this is one of the most important and one of the most interesting, the audio of which has been in the archive for many years. But you're finally see the video of this whole this whole situation, which is amazing. And then after that, we'll have Classic Tronic of the Movie. I, I filmed a couple hours at uh, that video game store, Video Game Connections, back in 2002. Um, I wanted to make like a documentary about Video Game Connections, but I think all the raw footage is going to be very very interesting and I, I told Jay I'm like hey you know remember you were making that tuna salad back then he's like what are you talking about I know ne- this is on the exit ramp I never made any tuna salad at video game connections it must be someone else I'm like no I have it on video he's like well send me the video so I did I it was like a three-minute video of him making tuna salad it was with a like you know like tuna in a pouch and um, some artichokes and oil you know that kind of thing and he made like a tuna salad out of it and he, so I sent it to him, and he admitted, yes, you're right. I have no memory of this, but you're correct. I didn't make tuna salad. Here's the video proof. <laughs> yeah, so I think for the next few months, I'm going to focus exclusively on the video side of Tapeland, even though I have a ton of audio tapes to release. Tapeland is very important to me, and I want to you know, continue it going, keep it going. There is going to be, I mean, it's this is all archival material. This is I'm nothing new. It's all video and audio from the past and I think I can throw in some other stuff as part of archiving efforts you know scans of old magazines publications whatever may be in there in, in this project but I have a ton of stuff and uh, it's, it's going to take years and years more to get it all out there all I mean it doesn't have to be everything it's just the stuff that I feel is worthy of release I have so much stuff and a lot of it's just boring stupid or too embarrassing or too personal or not appropriate for release but the stuff that is there's still a ton of it so Tapeland is going to be revived now with, with a series of videos. Anyway, um, in other news, also this weekend was the end of a shampoo era, uh, f- personally for me. This cigar, by the way, is kind of tough on the draw. Can't really get it going. I gotta puff it a lot. Hey. So, uh, s- yes, yeah, so the shampoo thing, uh, Yes, it's an end of a shampoo era. I forget where I ended there, but anyway. Um, over the weekend, also, I was talking to uh, Peter and Brian, 
and the three of us make up the three weasels, of course. And we were thinking about getting together, perhaps even later this month. And I suggested going to uh, the museum or the historical place where the Hindenburg crashed, the Zeppelin that crashed in New Jersey in 1937. I think we have a little bit of the uh, the footage here. And you know the guy's voice was like sped up, right? Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, and that I think was a little sped up. So his actual voice is this is this when they fix the voice? Oh, no, this is what it actually sounded like. His recorder was running slow that day. Okay. Here's his real voice. Okay. He was actually noted for his deep voice. I had that happen in the early days, too. When I got my first tape recorder, Like I went to uh, record Star Wars when it was re-released in the theaters around 1980, maybe. And it wasn't alkaline batteries. It was old dry cell batteries or whatever those old batteries were. And so the Star Wars sounded really sped up. Here's his real voice. Yeah, that's how his voice really sounded. So anyway, that happened in New Jersey. I've always been interested in visiting the site. And uh, so I was suggested to Brian and Peter, hey, maybe we should go check that out. It's a, it's a society called Navy Lakehurst Historical Society. And um, they do give tours. Apparently the tours were on hold for COVID, but they're back. And um, the thing is that the tour takes place on an active military base, Joint Base Lakehurst. Joint Base Lakehurst. Uh, this is like like southern New Jersey. Um, so I started looking into taking the tour. And uh, what I found out is uh, because it's on the military base, they have to do a background check on you before you're allowed to attend the tour. So you have to send them like your your driver's license number, like your full name. And they could do like a military background check on you just to go to this thing. And by the way, it, it's completely the tour is completely booked. I don't think it, I think it's free, but it's. It's completely booked for, like, way into November. So we're not going to be able to go this month. Um, but I also asked them, because I figured this is real serious stuff. You know, usually I go on a tour, I just record whatever. But it's a military-based idea. I wanted to ask them, is it okay to record audio? And they're like, no, audio recording is not permitted on, 
on, on, on the tour, only still pictures. I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, I could talk to the president of the society about your podcast. I'm like, no. I wrote back. I'm like, yeah, no, don't worry about it. It's just a very casual thing. I don't need to talk to the president of the society about my podcast. I'm like, yeah, we're doing a show with the three weasels on random adventures. You want to record about the Hindenburg crashing? I don't want to go there. Then also, as you know, if you heard the last Weasel Adventure, Weasel Brian, uh, uh, you know, um, Phantom Weasel, is uh, is not open to the idea of wearing the face masks that people wear because of the COVID nineteen in this time period, right? He he would he would not he does not wear them. Uh, so I I also asked about that, like you know, because I, I knew that would be a, a complete reason Brian wouldn't want to go. He he will not wear the masks. He's not flexible in that regard. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get a response. They did respond to the first one, which is actually pretty cool. Anyway, um, yeah, I may just go. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to go with the three weasels. I may just go on my own, you know, at some point and, uh, you know, talk about it afterwards. I know I can't record. It's it's forbidden to record the Hindenburg tour. There's more than the Hindenburg, but obviously that's the big attraction because the Hindenburg crashed there and you get to see where it all happened. Most most things happened in New Jersey, if you notice. A lot of things, historical things were invented, uh, between Bell Labs and Thomas Edison and all these events. Most things happen in New Jersey. Most things were invented in New Jersey. I know I, I may be Jersey-centric because of my... Um, I live in New Jersey. I love New Jersey. But a lot of it's true. So anyway, it's a difficult tour. It's a complex tour. But I'm going to do it eventually. I hope I pass the background check. Hey, it's later on now. Trying to play some Overwatch 2, which has launched, but there are 30,000 people ahead of me now. I was able to get in a couple times, um, but I've been having trouble with the frame rate, the graphics, all sorts of things. I got in one game as uh, Lucio on, I think, the Brazil course. No, I'm not sure what course it was. It was, it was one of the push courses, and we won easily. Like, the other team wasn't doing anything. Then I was on the Midtown New York course which is actually interesting because that's midtown manhattan so they have a lot of places that i know for real you know like uh grand central station and such it's highly stylized and it's in the future but it's still pretty cool oh only twenty thousand people ahead of me now i was playing as a uh, kiriko and uh i really couldn't figure her out i mean I feel like I, w I, I needed to heal people, but I had to keep shooting these like little tickets at people to heal them, but it wasn't really, I don't know. It was my first time playing her. I did, I did one of the, uh, you know, one of the uh, beta, whatever, the uh, test runs. What do they call them? Stress tests or whatever on Overwatch 2. But, yeah, it looks like they're, they have the same skins that you had. But there's new skins that have new... I, I thought they were going to update all the skins to be new, but it's all the old skins plus some new designs. 20,000 people indeed. Let's see if we get back in here. Everyone wants to play Overwatch 2. I mean, the little bit that I got to see seemed pretty good. But, uh... I don't know. It's er er early moments of Overwatch 2 here. They have little charms you can put on your weapons. I don't know. I had like a little octopus, not an octopus, like a little squid charm on Junkrat's, uh, you know, uh, grenade launcher. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Maybe you do. What is going on here? I don't know. 
20,000 people. Who are these people? This computer feels really hot, too. I don't know if it can. It, can my computer handle it? My computer's a few years old now. I don't know if it can handle Overwatch 2. All right. I'll pause and see if we get in here. Well, while we're waiting, another sequel. Today's episode, Fonts in Montana 2. Right? It's a, it's a, uh, a sequel of sorts to the original episode called Fonts in Montana. This, this, this show art featured the shape, my shape, uh, which is actually very cool. It's a very, it's like a monolith kind of shape. And um, I, w I was just looking at my old artwork in the book, in the PDF version of the book. And um, this this was before I you know I decided I want to write down the overnight escape and the name of the episode on each show art. Uh, it was very similar to what you see here. Let me see if we can find the old fonts in Montana situation here. Uh, the, the term fonts in Montana was meant to be sort of deliberately like pointless. It has nothing to do with fonts or Montana. Yeah, and I think this is from 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Fonts in Montana. Let's take a look here. Yeah, so here's the original. So the original had no text. It just had, it had, there's a picture of a camel with the one hump on the lower right. It's kind of a tan background. And then two uh, copies of that shape, which I'll tell you about the shape in a second. And um, I decided it would be cool just to do three shapes, to have fonts in Montana too. That font, by the way, is uh, Zan Mono, Z-A-N-H or something. Z-A-N-H something. Zan Mono. Um, the shape... And I love the way this looks. I just added one more. I added one more of the shape. <laughs> I love the show art. All right, let me see how many people are ahead of me now. Still 20,000. Jeez. Um, the shape here, which looks sort of like a, uh, like, a, like a box or some sort of a large monolith or rectangle. It's generally, there's like one, two, three, four, like six sides to it, but not exactly. What is the secret of this shape? Well, this is a discovery I made of, 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 of the world of geometry. I became fascinated with uh, heptagons, or septagons, the seven-sided figure. And um, I was playing around with creating a, uh, and this is from long ago, creating a, um, a spiral, uh, sort of connecting each hexagon to the, another, sorry, the, each heptagon to another heptagon's edge, right? And try to make the tightest spiral possible without touching any existing part of the spiral, right? So what I found was the first 20, 30, or 40 um, positions, there was a number of places where um, you, could, you would exactly touch the edge of another heptagon uh, when you were trying to place your next heptagon. I know I'm not describing this properly, but... Uh, and then it gets to a point where it doesn't seem like there's any more of those situations where it actually touches the edge exactly, which is very weird. This shape represents the outer edge of that set of heptagons that, that could exactly touch the edge. So in a way, that shape, it looks weird, it's strange, it's sort of built into our mathematical reality, man. Okay? So I love that shape. It's sort of it's definitely reminiscent a, a bit of the... Uh, the shape in, on Led Zeppelin's Presence album. I like that shape. I should do more with that shape. It's a good shape. I mean, I did actually, at one point, my logo for Onsog Radio did have that as the, as the border, but 
I don't know. It's not really as as powerful as a border. It's more powerful as uh, as, as sort of a black blackness on some other color. Do I have any? I don't think I have an actual name for it. Just the just the shape. I don't know. It's not even the name of it. It's just I'm just talking about the shape that's involved with the situation here. All right, what do we got here? Twenty thousand people. What <laughs> these people? Twenty thousand people. I was just in the game. I'm crying out loud. Plus, I, it said it said I got two thousand. I should have two thousand Overwatch coins. I got nothing. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, they, they, well, they need to sort some things out, really. I mean, it's, it's a big mess. Listen, when something like this launches, it's always going to be a big mess. One thing you can do is you can go, you can go on, uh, you can go on Reddit and see what people have to say about what's going on. Every, everyone's having trouble. Everyone's trying to figure out what's going on here. Apparently, if you're new to the game, and this game is free to play, by the way. Don't. Uh, there's all these. Uh, offers for all these um, the watch point packs and all those other things. You know, listen, it's completely free. You can play this game for free and I recommend playing it for free. It's a great game. Oh, look, some people get have, are behind 40,000 people. See, I don't have it quite that bad. Uh, hmm. Yeah, other people don't have their money. Listen, they they got to figure this out. All right, we still got 20,000 people ahead of us. All right, that's not cool. <laughs> the hell I was playing before I was actually playing oh well oh you know when I when I went over to my visit my father on uh, Saturday um, I you know my usual I, I have my driving ritual to go down to uh, Bridgewater there I always drive down 3 to 46, and I stop by PJ's Coffee of New Orleans. And this time, I got a banana Foster's, Bananas Foster coffee. Uh, it seems like it would be a good flavor, but it, it didn't really have a strong banana flavor. It just tasted slightly cinnamony. It wasn't bad, but it was a little disappointing, the Bananas Foster coffee. Yeah, from there, I go down um, to pick up 287. Uh, I don't. I don't go in that Route 80 thing. I go all the way down, and I, uh, I go on this road called like Mid Mid Lane Road or some. I forget what the name of it is, and pick up 287 that way. You know, and then I go to Mount Airy Road and go down, and then I stop at that little Greens Grocery Store. I have a whole ritual of places I go. Then on the way home, I go down past Pluckman, pick up 287 there. By that Schley Mountain Road. I know none of you really know what I'm talking about, but it's very important to me. Right? Doesn't Bananas Foster sound like a better coffee? And then also, I think they do mention Bananas Foster in that very beginning of uh, Gravity's Rainbow, right? For his bananas, for his banana breakfast. All right, here we go. Twenty thousand. Oh, see, before it was going down faster. Everyone wants to get in. All right. Anyway, anything else? Let's see. Because as we have extra time here. No. All right, let me pause. I'll let you know what happens. Ah, here's something. I, w I was scanning my show notes for something. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned this uh, on our Chattanooga journey, but um, one thing they do at the concerts these days, I know they did it at Luna 
don't know if they do it at every concert, but they take a picture of, uh, you know, the artists, uh, you know, and the, and of the crowd. And um, when they did that with Luna, I couldn't see myself at all. I was very disappointed. But here at the uh, the theater in Chattanooga, was the Walker Theater. This picture. There I there's me and my wife Denise up in the up if you if you're looking at the picture upper left corner right by the railing there we're clearly visible clearly visible oh man i'm so, I, i'm so happy we could see wow there's like proof we were there there we are nice you can see what a small venue it is that was a great show look at that Anyway, I'm not sure where that show. I I know that. Let me see where you can find that picture if you want to see that picture. Jack White concert photos, because uh, you know when you go to one of a Jack White show, you got to put your phone in this little bag. You're not allowed to have your phone with you when you're watching the show, which I think is a good idea. I think it's. Listen, you're at the show. I think his whole point was like, my God, these people—they're fans of mine. They've spent tons of money, traveled. Now they're finally here in the venue to see me perform. And what are they doing? They're staring at a picture of me on their phone. Why? <laughs> you know, so I know it drives him insane. It drives him crazy. Um, so he decided to use those bags and, uh, you know, it had to happen. I don't know. Yes, here's the picture. Okay, so here, here's, here's what you do. JackWhiteIII.com slash live hyphen photos. And if you just look for like Jack White live photos, but it's Jack White the third, like com slash live hyphen photos. And uh, the Walker Theater, Chattanooga, September 17th, 2022. And go to, you know, do a few uh, pictures. I can buy a print of that picture that I'm in. Wow. Oh, wait, there's another picture I could be in. Uh, am I in this one? I don't know. Wait, I think we're in a couple of these pictures. Wait a minute, I'm getting the, the the plot thickens. Now wait a minute. There's a lot of pictures. Yeah, so the idea is like, listen, you guys don't need to take pictures, right? You don't gotta take pictures because we're gonna take pictures and you can just download them for free. So this angle, yeah, yeah, that's is that me? That's me, I think. Yeah, that's me. Me and my wife from the back. It's not really just very distinctive, though. And then here's another one. You can see us in this one. But the main one is the one where kind of Jack is turned towards the camera, but the other three are facing the crowd. And if you look, yeah, on the upper left, there's like a there's like a thing of four lights. And uh, you'll see, if you look at the four, you, you look at the picture, right? It's Chattanooga, whatever, 000889. There's four lights. You look at the lower right light and then look at the beam coming from the lower right. That points right at my wife, Denise. And then right next to her, there I am to the right. I'm clapping. I'm applauding for the wonderful music of Jack White. There I am. You can see me pretty well. It's cool. Anyway, yeah. How, how am I doing here on the Overwatch situation? Only 8,000 people! I'm getting... Oh, my God. I've made a lot of progress. I've made progress. 8,000 people. We're going to get in. I, w- I want to put squids on my guns. <laughs> the hell? It's the year 2022. Oh, I have a little squid charm. I want to put it on my, my, my gun in my video game. 
Uh-oh. Looks like they deleted everyone's money. That's not good. In-game money, that is. Wow. Exciting. Well, you know, my game has in-game currency, too, my card game, but it's all free, so don't worry about it. <laughs> all you need is a deck of cards, which I'm sure you already have. Oh, I feel I'm so close to Flea Devil Solitaire to getting the balance right. So close. It just feels like I'm able to win the game too easily now. I thought at one point it was a little better. I think I've just gotten too good at the game. Um, hmm. Let me see. What are we doing here? 7,000. We're making progress here. Overwatch 2. I hope my computer can handle this. I think I may need to get a new computer with a better graphics card or something. <coughs> I want to go back to New York, damn it. And shoot people. No, that's a, that didn't come off right. I want to shoot people in the game. I don't want to, you know, not in real life. In the game, you shoot people in New York. That doesn't sound right. I know as often as I go off on, on rants against violent video games, I'm talking about this one, but there's really no gore. There's no like blood or gore in this game. It's more stylized violence, kind of like, kind of like a fighting game like Street Fighter or King of Fighters. You know, in fact, it has a lot in common with those in terms of the characters. But it's a 3D game, first-person 3D game. Wow, someone just got banned, even though they never played the game. Wow. Wow. Someone wants to play it on Windows 7. Yeah, I don't know about that. Jeez. Jeez, man. It's crazy. Battle.net server is basically dead. Can anyone get in? I guess I was lucky for getting in a little bit. Let me see what we're at now. 6,000. We're down to 6,000 people ahead of me. But a couple times when I got down to zero, it just crashed out. And it's like, oh, hey, what's your username and password? Oh, this is ponderous. I need to get in. What's up with Kiriko? I mean... You have to shoot people to heal them, your own team members. But I feel like I wasn't doing enough, like everyone was injured. And I was running around shooting them with my tickets, my, like, you know, like in some anime they have, like, in Naruto they have uh, these tickets that they throw at people and it has, like, magic powers. No. No, not everyone knows about that. <laughs> They're like magic scrolls or something, I don't know. Oh, what do you want? It's a video game. Should we watch people on Twitch playing the game since we can't play? Let's see. Yeah, it's not, it's just... I don't know. Overwatch 2 is really... It just feels like... Very much like Overwatch 1. It just feels like an expansion. It doesn't feel like a new game, you know. Let's see. Where's Overwatch here? Really? There's not that many people watching it? That's not. I would have imagined more people were watching... Uh, Live channels? No. No. Hmm. Let's see. The number one Overwatch player, XQC. Let's see what they have to say. There's 83,000 people watching. All right. 5,000. We're down to 5,000. Went that just went down to four. All right, I'm getting there. 
I don't need to watch other people, do I? On enough of these commercials. This guy's not even playing. He can't get in either. <laughs> Look, the streamer has three hundred thousand people behind, thirty thousand people ahead of him. I'm gonna watch someone waiting to get in the game. Also, anyone actually playing the game on Twitch? <laughs> Here's someone. Who, I think they actually got in. Okay, they're playing as a uh, Sojourn, one of the new characters from Canada. Maybe one of the first Canadian characters actually in the game. Were they playing on uh, Junker Town? Yeah. Very exciting. Just shooting everyone. Is that new Bastion right there where you can just move around? Ah, uh, shut up. <laughs> Everyone's in the same boat. I only have 3,000 people ahead of me. Okay. This has got to start soon. This has got to start soon. This is ridiculous. Overwatch 2? Come on. At least I want to look at like the different uh, costumes I can get for the new characters. I have a really cool, like, um, you know, they have a sports league, and, and one of the teams is that the, um, the, like, the Florida Mayhem. And um, they had, uh, in 2018, they were, like, McDonald's colors. It was, like, like sort of a, an orange and a red. So I bought, they're very expensive, but I bought um, a costume for Lucio, Junkrat, and Moira. And now I, now those are such great, like, I don't think you can get those at all anymore. So I'm able to, like, go around in my... Uh, my Florida Mayhem costume from 2018. 2,000 people ahead of me. Come on, please work. Don't crash out when you get to zero. I'm going to be done if it does that. It'll be heartbreaking. Come on. We're almost there. Almost there. Please. Only 2,000 people. How long can it take for the server to process 2,000 people? Come on. Everyone's in the same boat. Yes, yeah, so this game was. This game came out in 2016. It's been around for a while. I'm just excited because it's new. This is like the first few, first few moments of the game. Oh my god. Anything else to talk about here? Uh, dandelion rubber. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later, or some other episode. I, I don't feel like I, I, I don't feel like I have the energy to talk about dandelion rubber right now. I really don't. I can't take it. Mm -hmm -hmm. Okay. All right. Pause. 900. I'm, I'm down to 900 players ahead of me. <laughs> I'll pause again. It, it, it's like teasing me with these numbers. 600. Wait, wait. <laughs> Pause. I'll pause. Hold on. I, I need to replace the batteries now. Are you kidding? When the moment is almost nigh, do I even have batteries? Did I run out of batteries? Don't tell me I ran out of batteries. I must have a few. I always have a bunch floating around somewhere. 300. Let's watch. I'll finally get in and I'll run out of batteries. There's a few here. An energizer. I usually don't get energizers. An energizer and a Duracell, they're like mismatched, but you know, you know, they say beggars can't be choosers. I guess I'll have to try these out. I don't know. Here we go. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Holy crap, I'm in. <sighs> I'm in Overwatch. 
Alright, alright, hold on. I'm in! I, I actually got in! Alright, let's see. How about Junker Queen? Can we get some more costumes for her? Circuit Breaker? Oh, it gave me my money! I got my $2,000! Oh, nice. But what about my old money? I spent most of the old money. Punker Queen. Beast Hunter. Okay. I don't know, I'm not really that into Junker Queen as a character. And the other one, the other new character is so Sojourn, right? Where's Sojourn? Sojourn. Where's Sojourn? Ah, damage character. No, not Hanzo. I'm not a Hanzo main after all. Sojourn. Let's see. But like, the costumes cost 1900 I have 2000 If I can buy one costume, is that what they're trying to say? This is ridiculous. Kind of an 80s costume. Yeah, not really. Alright, let's see Kiriko. What does she have? She has an athleisure costume for 1900 bucks. <laughs> These costumes suck. Oh, what about this one? Oh, this is on the battle pass. Okay. Yeah, this is a cool one where she's like a she's like a robot kind of character. That's cool. Anyway, I mean, this is really... Let me just play one game here, because it's like... Let's go to New York. Let's see how long we can play before it crashes out. So the frame rate's already, like, dying. Midtown New York. Here we go. Midtown New York. Okay, here we go. Hope my batteries last. Didn't I have some batteries over here? Oh yeah, oh, here's some Duracells. Okay, what the hell. I gotta, note to self, order more batteries to record the show. Oh wait, do I have, no. What's going on over there? There's some more Duracells? Oh, those are button batteries for something I bought. I don't even remember what I bought it for. So while we're waiting, we can go into skirmish mode. Which just puts you in a random map, but just just for fun. Junker Town, okay. I guess I can try to be Junker Queen. This this is her town after all. My throne is where I say it is. She's very tough. She has a shotgun and she just shoots everyone. See what she can say. I was born to rule. I was born to rule. How about my ultimate is charging? My ultimate is charging. <laughs> if you press Z, it just says that. No rampage yet. Let's give him a fighting chance. His frame rate sucks. It's really pissing me off. Okay, here we go. I'm getting into a game. Okay, I'm going to New York. Let's go to New York, shall we? All right, here we go. This Grand Central Terminal, right? New York. All right. I can't be Kiriko. I guess I'll try Junkrat, my first Junkrat of the new uh, of the new world. Yeah, I got into Junkrat. But I have the King Jameson skin now, which is a good, it's a good skin. 
love Junkrat. Here we go. Say smile. Yeah. Oh, there's my there's my little uh, squid thing. Why is my frame rate so shitty? It's so annoying. There's a subway. Yeah, it feels like I'm in Midtown Manhattan. It's great. What else can I say? It's the little things. Here they come. All right, now my frame rate. And my frame rate is good now, but it'll only be good for like 30 seconds, and it'll be turned to shit again. Coffee shop over there. I got blown up by another junk rat. Let's give it a shake, mate. He's like a crazy Australian dude that likes to throw bombs around. I want to go to Grand Central Station though. There's like a peg leg. I'm here, I'm walking. What, what else can I say? Kaboom! He also has a, a remote-controlled tire that explodes. Where's my people? What is going on? There's no one here. Uh-oh, here's all the enemies. I'm screwed, I'm screwed. <laughs> like all of them are around the corner. Then they show you how you got... I what, Kiriko killed me? Get out of here! What kind of game is this? Cool, my weapon charm. So basically, like, everything is, like, super expensive. I have $2,000 to, like, spend on, like, one thing, basically. It's ridiculous. The game is free, but if you want any cosmetics, they're going to cost you through the wazoo. Up the wazoo, that is. I don't know where, where is everyone? Damn it! I've lost my, my team. I, I'm completely confused. I don't know where to go. <laughs> oh, that's over there. Sorry. Should I go in the subway system? This is the one area I know, New York City. Oh, there's a Lucio. Hmm. Okay. We're not doing too good here. They're coming through here. They're coming through. I'm not doing too good. Ah, terrible. I'm doing terrible. And it, the other the other junk rat keeps killing me. I am in Oh, we're in we're in Grand Central. Cool, look, yeah, it's just like it's just like Grand Central with the gates and stuff. Oh, it's so cool. Well I may be losing, but at least I'm in look, I'm in Grand Central Station. Oh, it's so cool. A real world location. What else can I say? Have a nice day. Here we go. There's a sojourn. Kill, kill enemy. Kill. Oh, I, oh, here's my here's my tire. 
Now I just have to find some enemies to kill with it. Where the hell are they? Oh, I, ah, I didn't get anyone with my rip tire. Damn it. Oh, they're riding a fire truck. That's the whole thing. What a disaster. I'm doing too much kamikaze type stuff here. I was... I was eliminated by Brood Cheese. What the hell kind of name is that? Brood... Brood Cheese? Buckle my shoe! There's mayhem to do! <laughs> he has new voice lines. God, here's the other junk rat doing his rip tire. I'm sure he'll be very successful at it. My frame rate sucks. I, I, it's like it's, it's really hindering my play experience. Die. 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 That's what I was trying to say. Can I kill anyone? I mean, you know. I can't kill anyone. There, the frame rate's back again. What is going on? Oh, it's really pissing me off. I Alright. They're almost here. They're almost here. Right. Let's see what I can do. It's a team effort, you know. How, how, how did I get killed so quickly? God. But when the frame rate is good, it looks the game looks beautiful. It's really beautiful. Now can't keep a bad lad down. Look, you can go into the train. I think I did this before, right? I, I'm, I'm walking through a train right now. Shouldn't I be helping my cohorts? But I'm, I'm, I'm exploring New York City. Oh wait! Oh my God! Ah! It's an enemy. No, they're, they're coming into Grand Central. I'm gonna stop them. Oh my god, can I just kill these people? Oh my god, I can't. Oh my god, it's so annoying. I got killed by brood cheese again. Brood cheese. Let me get out of here. This situation calls for more bombs. Winston report. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. Alright, this is gonna be good. I'm gonna do my rip tire. No! <laughs> he got me with his tire! No, god. And there goes the frame rate. Of disaster. Oh my god, he got me right as I was doing my rip tire. That's sad. That's, a, that's sad. I wanted to I wanted to kill with my tire. Alright, it's almost game over here. I don't know. I'm just gonna just go ahead and just I don't know. We didn't do very well. Oh, come on. Game over, man. Game over. We sucked. This, this is not good. Loss. Defeat. Alright, I was defeated. What? I, I need experience points to get to level two? Get out of here. All right, let me try one more time. I like the map of Midtown, it's great. It's just, I don't know. 
see where the skirmish will take us. Oasis. Ooh! They have the nighttime version of Oasis. I think this is new. This is over in the Middle East. Some kitty girl. I'll find my own path. Hmm. What did she say? I, I don't have any voice lines, only this one. I've got a few tricks. You see, she's like these, these Japanese tickets that she throws at people. And she has the, the throwing knives. She's very much like a Naruto character. Alright, so let me just try to do stuff with her. Alright, so you throw these knives. Okay. I'll throw the tickets. They heal people, okay. But what does E do? Is that like a big healing burst? Hmm. Anyway. This is Overwatch 2. I'm not good at the game anyway. I mean, I, I know I should, they say, get good. But I don't know if I'm going to. But I just enjoy the game a lot. For what it is. Who's here? Hey. Hey. Hey, junk rat. What's up? Let's give the See, this is where you can run around while you're waiting to play the game. <laughs> you're not really playing the game. I like the night mode, though. This is really cool looking. The night oasis. It's beautiful, really beautiful. This is what a virtual world should look like. What is Eden? Hmm. Alright. If there's all these tens and hundreds of thousands of people, why can't I play the game? Here we go. We're in. We're in. Okay, I'm going to do better now. Maybe I should do uh, a character I know, like Lucio. I do like Lucio. He's very easy to play. Plus he has his 2018 uh, Mayhem costume. Alright. We're in. I thought we were in, but then we're out again. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, we're out. Oh, come on. Right, let me look at my battle pass. What do I get next? I get a play. What? A player icon of that little squid creature. That's not really very exciting. Connecting to server. Okay, here we go. You can be improved. This battle pass system, man. This kind of yeah. Midtown Manhattan. Here we are. I'll be Lucio. Just there he is with the mayhem costume. What a great costume. I just want to do well. I want to win. Okay, I want to win. Let's see, I got a Kiriko. Who else is coming in here? <laughs> do we have any people playing? I mean. We're here to be heard. Setting my equalizer to absolute destruction. Yeah, a lot of new voice lines. Yeah, we're missing two people on our team. <laughs> That's not good. So you can. I need healing. I 
charging. You have a band-aid? Who exactly do you think I am? Someone who carries band-aids? Huh, guess not. I'm on top of the world! Five, four, three, Jackpot. <laughs> We're still missing a person. Oh, this is not going to be good. Yeah, the frame rate's gone again. Alright, I'll let you know how I did. Alright, somehow we won. I don't know. I don't feel I was doing very well, but... Ay, ay, ay. Oh, my God. At least I won, though. We won. Yeah, I gotta do something about this frame rate. It's driving me nuts. Yay, I got a battle pass reach past tier two. Oh god, what kind of grind is this gonna be? Wow, I got a uh, a Cyber Mari player icon. Ponderous, just ponderous. What's going on with this game? Alright, back on the porch. Still raining, of course. So yeah, that was a bit of a... <laughs> a bit aggravating. I know I, I know I dealt with that frame rate issue before, but somehow it seemed to clear up and now it's back. Like a beautiful, super good frame rate, and then it goes back to being crap, and then it goes good again. It's just, yeah. But this Battle Pass system, it just seems like... Like in the past, you would... You'd play... And then every couple games you'd get a loot box, and then you could get anything in there, any of the skins. Now it's like, it's Battle Pass, it's a bunch of garbage on it, and, uh, like, the cosmetics are so expensive, I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? It, it, yes, it would have taken a long time to get, but you could have gotten what you wanted any time, because it was random. But they've taken that away. Oh, uh, well, whatever, I'll just play it occasionally, what do you want? I have a bunch of skins from the old days anyway. This rain just keeps on coming. It's wild. It's a wild tropical storm, Ian. Anyway, thank you so much for patching into this episode of The Overnightscape. I am your host, Frank Edward Nora. Here in uh, Nutley, New Jersey... And we're here in the Onsug, a radio station inside a book. As I mentioned, we have over 13,000 hours of content now. All archived, all preserved for all future listeners. This is a non-commercial project. And so it's up to you, whenever and wherever you are, to help preserve the book and all the contents within. So the idea is that the form of it is a book. You can actually buy the book now. I'm currently working on a uh, a plan for a revised version of the book, the print book for next year, 2023. 
But you can buy the book now. It is set to be cheap, cheap, cheap. And uh, hopefully next year I can do something about putting the files inside the book. We have about a terabyte of files, and uh, the price of a terabyte is not coming down. Not coming down too quickly. You know those little pockets, those little flash drives? A terabyte is still like $200. Can it come down to $20 or something, please? Isn't that how it works? This economy of scale? I, I don't know. It's not, it doesn't seem to be happening. It's still like $200. It's ridiculous. It's got to come down eventually, right? But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the technology will arrive. And I'd like to, in, you know, incorporate some sort of audio player into the book itself, which that seems to be a bit more of a, of a challenge, you know, to sort of embed a, a de- an electronic device into the book. You know it can be done. It could be done today, but it seems rather expensive. Because we're non-commercial, we don't have the money to do it. I don't even know how you would do it, you know. It'd be cool, though. You just open the book and you touch something and then it starts playing, you know. Of course, the virtual copy of the book for the metaverse or metaverses will be able to do that. But it has to be programmed. Who's going to program that? Listen, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, okay? This is a radio station inside a book. It's a lifetime of listening pleasure, 13,000 hours and growing all the time. So you now that you are one of the few that knows about it now in this time period, Hopefully in the future more people will know about it. As I do think it's a remarkable work, and I think it'll be worthy of, of your attention on into the future. Please listen and enjoy The Onsug. That's O-N-S-U-G. And you can go to onsug.com, O-N-S-U-G.com, for all your Onsug needs, all the latest shows. You can participate in a show called Overnightscape Central. And if you want to come on an exit ramp, just, uh, just let me know, because I, I sent out invites, but it's like a private invite thing. Because the horror stories I've heard about public uh, Zoom links and people raiding your Zoom whatever. Maybe I'll try to do a public one at some point. I don't know. But anyway, just drop me a line. Email me, frank at theovernightscape.com, or contact me. on the, We have a Discord server with a chat room. You can find it. Just go to onsug.com. You'll find the chat room there on the right. A link to Onsug Radio, the current archive uh, on the Internet Archive. We can hear any of, any of those 13,000 hours of shows instantaneously. And you can buy the book there. Or you can download a PDF of the book. There are so many options. One of the great things about the PDF is that you can search all of the text, right, in, in the extended, in the digital version of the book, which is about 3,000 pages. Um, you can search for all the show notes that have ever, ever been written for phrases and topics and things like that, which is actually really useful. And hopefully we'll expand upon that in the future. You know, I, I know that there, even back a couple years, many years ago, in one of those podcast groups or whatever, there was a technology that could convert your spoken speech into keywords, and you could search by that. I don't know whatever happened to that company, but it seems like something you should be able to do, right? And then, of course, when uh, stronger AIs and AGIs, you know, artificial general intelligences, come about, it will supercharge this uh, project, and your personal listening experience. Uh, will be greatly expanded because a virtual AI host can uh, manage your listening experience and play you um, clips that it knows you will like and enable you to explore different a- avenues and angles such as, you know, like like what if you say, oh, I like when Frank starts to show off with a dream. Um, well, you can hear all of those in, in sequence. <laughs> that would be pretty mind-bending, but, you know, you can do it. 
you know. But anyway, yeah, get your voice in here if you'd like. Just like I got a kick out of being in that picture. Your voice can be in the archive here. Overnightscape Central is the easiest way. Just check out the latest episode of Overnightscape Central. There's a new topic each week for you to record on. We'd love to hear you on that show. Please do be part of the archive. We're leaving something behind for those in the future. And, as I point out from time to time, we don't know the nature of the world we're living in. Right now, uh, on scientific consensus... We're on this ball floating through space, which is fine. That may be true. But uh, an alternate explanation is that we're one world of many connected interdimensionally. And uh, who knows? Someone in uh, in another wor- universe could be listening to this show right now. I know there's some sort of uh, ban on communication between especially our universe and other universes. We're somehow not allowed to know that the other universes exist. But that sense of feeling cut off from the rest of the universe provides us, uh, in theory, a, a unique experience here. We can be, we're human beings that are living in a, in a world that's uh, very structured uh, for our enjoyment, I believe. But any, anyone listening in another dimension, I, I, I don't know, can you, can you send an email? I guess not. I guess it's not, it's like, what is it, is, is there some sort of cosmic law that you can't send me an email? Hi, Frank, I'm in dimension eight. Love your show. I'm 95,000 years old, and I've listened to everything you've ever recorded, uh, you know, a hundred times. I, I, I love love the show. Long-time listener. First time uh, emailing from Dimension 8. You know, it was like one time. I know someone could do it as a gag, but I don't know. You know, it'd be nice to hear from someone from another dimension that's listening to the show. It would, it would make me feel like, you know, it'd be cool. You know, people in other worlds are listening. I know they probably have a lot of other stuff to listen to, but hey, this is the Overnight Scape. There's nothing like this in any part of the multi-cosmos. This is a unique show and our channel, The Onsug, with dozens and dozens of other hosts. It's quite a unique listening system, wouldn't you say? Talking about a unique listening system, <laughs> here's a real mind-bender for you. Yes, the digital palm trees move aside to reveal... The entrance port to this. The other side.
I said at the time of the Cuban disaster of April 61 that the success is a hundred fathers and defeats an orphan. Uh, I suppose when something goes well, there's more tendency to uh, talk uh, at all levels. And frequently the reports are inaccurate. I would say the security is, is pretty good at the National Security Council. It's unfortunate when it's breached. Is it true that during your first year, sir, you would get on the phone personally to the State Department and try to get a response to some inquiry that had been made? Yes, I still do that uh, when I can because it's, uh, I think, the, there's a great tendency in government uh, to uh, have papers stay on desks too long. And I, it seems to me that's one really of a function. After all, the president can't uh, administer a department, but at least he can be a stimulant. Do you recall any response that's, that you received from somebody who wasn't suspecting a phone call in the State Department? Any specific response somebody made to you? Uh, no, they always uh, respond. Uh, <laughs> they always say yes. <laughs> but it takes a little uh, while to get... You know, after the, uh, I met Mr. Khrushchev in Vienna and they gave us an aid memoir, it took me several, many weeks to get our answer out through the State Department, coordinate with the British, the French, and the Germans. It took much too long. It seems to me we've been able to speed it up, but this is a constant problem uh, in various departments. There are so many interests that are involved in any decision. No matter what the, whether the decision is about Africa, or Asia, it involves the Europe's desk, it involves the, the desk of the place, it involves the Defense Department, it might involve the CIA, it frequently involves the Treasury, it might involve the World Bank, or, uh, it involves the United Nations delegation. So it seems to me that one of the functions of the President is to try to uh, have it move with more speed. Otherwise you can uh, wait while the world collapses. You uh, once said that you were reading more and enjoying it less. Are you still as avid a newspaper reader, magazine? I remember those of us who traveled with you on the campaign. A magazine wasn't safe around you. <laughs> oh, it is. No, no. I think it's the invaluable, even though it may cause you some... Uh, it's never pleasant to be reading uh, things uh, frequently that are uh, not uh, agreeable news. But I, I would say that uh, it's an invaluable uh, arm of the uh, presidency as a check, really, on what's going on in, uh, in administration. And more things come to my attention that uh, cause me either concern or give me information. So I would think that Mr. Khrushchev, uh, operating a totalitarian system, which has many advantages as far as being able to move in secret and all the rest, there's a terrific disadvantage not having the abrasive quality of the press applied to you daily to an administration. When you have, even though we never like it, and even though we don't, uh, even though we wish they didn't write it, and even though we disapprove, there still is, there isn't any doubt that we couldn't do the job at all in a free society without a very, very active press. Now, on the other hand, the press has the responsibility not to distort things for political purposes, not to just take some news in order to prove a political point. It seems to me their obligation is to be as tough as they can on administration, but do it in a way which is directed towards getting as close to the truth as they can get and not merely because of some political uh, motivation. Mr. President, uh, in the light of the election returns, which at the congressional level at least were certainly a defeat for the Republican hopes, how do you measure your chances for significant success domestically in the Congress just ahead? Well, I think we'll be in about the same position of the last two years. I think that, uh, as I say, what we had that's controversial will be very closely uh, contested. 
Did the complexion of the house change a little bit by the shifts? I would say it's slightly against us more than it was. We're not quite as good shape as we was for the last two years. But uh, we're about where we were the last two years, which means every vote will be three or four votes either way when you're losing. Do you have a very crucial vote at the outset on this Rules Committee fight again, do you think? And uh, I hope that the Rules Committee is kept to its present uh, number because we can't function if it isn't.
creature. Ever since his earliest days, he's moved from one place to another, exploring the world around him. And always his movements have been guided by maps. In the early days, maps were very crude, but what they lacked in accuracy, they made up in artistic decoration. to improve the map-making process, to update maps and make them more useful. The more accurate the map, the easier it is for a traveler to reach his destination. For a construction engineer to plan a project. For a nation to establish its boundaries even for an Earthman to venture into space. Nowhere are maps more important than in the military. They define areas to be occupied or defended. They may illustrate natural features of those areas. Hills and valleys, rivers and streams, forests and clearings. They may position man-made additions to the landscape. Villages and cities, trails and roads, railways, airports, bridges, any man-made project of significance. The military man depends on his maps for knowledge of the terrain where he will be operating. Small-scale maps tell him about overall regions. Medium-scale maps give him more detail about an area within a region. Large-scale maps give him even greater detail in a more confined area. They show terrain features and elevations clearly and often indicate specific buildings and structures. Maps can be topographic, showing horizontal positions and vertical elevations. Or they can be planimetric with only horizontal position of features. They can be photo maps or plastic relief maps or special purpose maps. Regardless of scales or type, all maps position the areas shown with relationship to an imaginary grid system that men have established on the Earth, a means for identifying the location of any point on the Earth's surface. The lines are designed as longitude and latitude. An understanding of this system is basic to map making. The Earth rotates around an imaginary line called its axis. 
The axis intersects the surface of the Earth at the north and south poles. Any plane that contains the center of the Earth creates an arc on the Earth's surface known as a great circle. A plane that includes the Earth's axis creates a great circle arc known as a meridian. There are an infinite number of meridians all passing through the north and south poles. The meridian that passes through the Royal Observatory at Greenwich, England is called the Prime Meridian. The great circle whose plane is perpendicular to the Earth's axis is the equator. Degrees of longitude are measured in the plane containing the great circle of the equator. Degrees of latitude are measured in the plane containing the great circle of a meridian. Degrees of latitude and longitude are further broken down into minutes and seconds. Thus, a point on the Earth's surface can always be positioned exactly by defining its latitude and longitude. The latitude is given first, followed by the longitude. This spot is located 39 degrees 12 minutes north latitude, 77 degrees 22 minutes west longitude. When a point is thus positioned on the Earth's surface, it is said to be accurately located.
noise in Atlanta starts around 6 in the morning and doesn't end till around 11 at night, and even then, it's loud. And it's just a constant problem with it. I'm Annette Cook. I'm 15 years old. I'm a student at Grady High School in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Environmental Studies Project. I'm doing a project on noise pollution in Atlanta. Noise is a big problem in Atlanta because it is a growing city and you have all forms of transportation and building and construction sites, this type of thing that um, raise the noise levels a great deal. What are you doing? Uh, taking sound level readings of traffic. Oh, the noise so of the city uh, Yes. City noises, um, traffic noises as downtown as compared with maybe outside of town, some other place like that. And I'm using a sound level meter, so it's pretty high quality. And most of the readings have been between 70 and 80 decibels, except like when a truck comes by or a bus, and then it can get over 80, between 80 and 90 decibels. Is that hurting our ears? Uh, if you listen for too long, it could. <laughs> Don't stand out in the cold. and It doesn't begin to hurt until it's above 130, but you can be affected by it below that. And it's not crazy at all to go around and see how loud it is because the people in the businesses sometimes don't realize how loud it is or they don't pay too much attention to it. So if people like me don't go out and do it, nobody will. Noise is a problem, but it doesn't have to be a problem to such a great degree that it is because there are ways to muffle jackhammers. You connect power with noise, and the less loud something is, you say, well, it's not working as well. But this isn't true, but it's just the way people have been brought up. So until people become aware that noise is a problem, they're not going to try to make cars quieter or airplanes quieter or trains quieter. But it doesn't have to be as loud as it is. If I can talk to people about what I've done and about what I hope to find, then it gets them interested um, sometimes. And I can talk to them about things that they can do to maybe help the noise problem if I find that in that certain place it is a problem. And most of the times they will listen. Whether they can do anything about it at that particular time or not is up to them. But still, I help other people become aware of noise as a problem. trains going by now and airplanes overhead and this is a supposedly quiet residential area in Atlanta but it's not any quieter than maybe downtown Atlanta or maybe around 10 decibels quieter so there's no place to escape.
up to around 130 decibels, that's the pain threshold. And if you're listening to a rock band or something, and they get up higher than that, you can physically feel it. I think if I get enough people interested, and if they in turn get enough people interested, then maybe we can change some public attitudes about noise so that if the people demand it enough, then companies, airplanes, airports, this type, will um, cut down on their noise levels. And they can do it, and there are ways they know how to do it, but as long as people don't want it, they're not going to do anything about it. And I think that, I hope that I can help change some attitudes about that and then maybe get enough people up so that we can do something about it and reduce the noise in Atlanta. I got a beautiful girl named Lorelai. Going 
of funny call letters for a station. Whoop! Sounds like you're swallowing. WLUP. Whoop! There's a ground ball foul on the third baseline. The kids already changed sweatshirts. He had a real heavy, long sweatshirt on. Now he's changed to a lighter one that keeps pulling it up, so it's a hot night. Gleeton, that's his name. Jerry Don Gleeton. 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 By the, look, G. by the looks of him, we're going to hear a lot about this boy. He's a pretty good-looking pitcher. 1-1 one, one pitch. High fastball. Remember the LUP? How'd they ever come up with that? Whoop! They they took what they could get, Harry. Whoop! The FCC Loop. said you take these and you go whoop, whoop. Oh well. <laughs> Can't As beat. I pop far back. Can't beat fun at the old radio station. <laughs> two balls, two strikes. I never realized there was so many disc jockeys until we until we began doing White Sox games every other inning. There's some. Station represented. Two balls, two strikes. Look hey, Harry, come on, Harry! Ah! <laughs> he finally caught it! He finally caught it! <laughs> Give it to me! Give it to me! Look at Harry. He 
universe said that evil just stalks the earth. It's always midnight in space. Mind warp, an infinity of terror. In the vast reaches of the void, space explorers on a desperate mission find themselves marooned on a planet of horrors where all their innermost fears have become reality. And no one can hide from their own nightmares. Starring Edward Albert and Aaron Moran. <laughs> 